Fanden. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night. Action. How does restaurant fiction pick the TV show or film to review? Well, many critics watch for the story, the characters, the acting, the direction, cinematography, yada, yada, yada. We look to see if there's a restaurant bar club in it. And truly enough, there is. Just like in the 1999 Academy Award winner for Best Picture, American Beauty. It features the fast food restaurant, Mr. Smiley's. And of all people to talk about Mr. Smiley's, we brought along Academy Award winning producer of the same film, and that is Dan Jinks. Before we begin, here is a forewarning. Yes, I am forewarning all of you listeners. You're going to get a behind-the-scenes conversation of Mr. Smiley's. You're going to learn a thing or two of some of the other amazing works he's produced, like the film and Broadway show Big Fish and the Emmy Award-winning drama Pushing Daisies, and he gives keen insight on how to eat well at Burning Man. And I thought you can't really eat well at Burning Man. I was wrong. Here is our review of Mr. Smiley's and our fireside chat with Dan. Go. Guys, gals, aliens, dogs, dinosaurs out there. Mr. Smiley's is a fast food joint. And really, it is a rite of passage. Like, like, there's just no way of getting around it. This fast food joint is a rite of passage. It is a burger joint. They sell some extra stuff, if you will. It embodies a lot of things, a lot of heavy things. It embodies loneliness, materialism, identity, appearance, freedom, and love with cheese and a smiley sauce. That's right. Smiley sauce is better than special sauce. It doesn't matter if you're burned out in life or you just want that post-coitus reward. Mr. Smiley's is at your side. You see, the menu is large. We're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of this very, very uh, specific menu. There are, though, a couple of things to point out. Number one is, you know, uh, a lot of people order the double smiley. The, with the curly fries and a shake, or some people opt for um, this cheese pot pie on a stick. Don't ask us. We're not really corn dog people. We're pretty much uh, burger people. And getting back to the burger, we got to cut to the chase. That's how you really judge the food. You judge Mr. Smiley's based on the burger, and you judge Mr. Smiley's based on the customer service. Now, the customer service, even if it's not the most jovial a bunch. Don't worry. No one's going to spit in your food. There might be a little disdain in the employee's demeanor, but that's about it. Let's get to the burger. It's respectable. What I mean by that, it's a large, unadorned half pound of sloppily placed ground beef, and it carries just the right amount of grizzle on the edges. I love that. It's like the nice crisp. It's like a this uncouth thing of American cheese, pickles, a squishable potato bun, a chopped onion that leaves that yucky whiff in your breath all day long, and that slice of beef steak tomato that is a little overripe to be actually served at a supermarket. So anyway, it's really a primal place. It, it feeds into your primal instincts. So what am I saying? That even on the most primal level, Mr. Smiley's 
It's pretty satisfying. All right, Dan, that is our little quick review of Mr. Smiley's featured in the 1999 Academy Award winner, American Beauty, uh, the movie that you were produced uh, a part of. You were you produced. What do you have to say of Mr. Smiley's? What is your take on it? What is your review? What would you like to add? Floor is yours. Oh, I'm going to tell you some things about Mr. Smiley's that you probably don't know. So the, the, the scenes in Mr. Smiley's restaurant were the very first scenes that we shot on day one of shooting American Beauty. When we looked at the dailies, the dailies are all the footage from that day, which you, you will, would see at the end of the following day. For instance, if you, what you shoot on Monday, you then take, take a look at on Tuesday night projected on a, on a screen. And after we looked at the footage from Mr. Smiley's day one, none of us were happy with what we saw, most particularly, I must say, um, Sam Mendes. And quite wonderfully, DreamWorks Pictures and Steven Spielberg allowed us to reshoot all of the Mr. Smiley scenes. And a lot of things changed. The biggest thing that changed was uh, initially it was a regular fast food restaurant that you would park your car and walk into. There was no drive-through element. When uh, it was reshot in what's in the movie is it became a a drive-through. And I think it it helped enormously. But what also happened is that we had the chance to really look at what was working and what wasn't. And one of the things that were working were um, was the actress who worked at the fast food restaurant, uh, an actress named Marissa Jarrett Winoker. She was really, really good. And Alan Ball wrote a new line for her uh, that became kind of an iconic line. It was in the trailer and the TV spots and in the Academy Award clip. And where uh, she, when Annette Benning and Peter Gallagher would drive through and basically Annette Benning was was called out by her husband, uh, Kevin Spacey. And uh, Marissa Jarrett Winoker said, you are so busted. And that was a line that was not in the original scene. And it, it became one, one of my favorite lines uh, from the whole movie. And it was only because we were allowed to, to reshoot it. But we were being so careful with the reshoots because it's such an opportunity to get to reshoot a whole day. That's an expensive thing to do. And DreamWorks was very generous to let us do that, that we were really going slowly and carefully. And we didn't get everything. We didn't get a, a couple of key shots of... Kevin Spacey's uh, working in the in the restaurant, uh, sort of at the fast food grill, and we let, but we had to at at a certain point we were done for the day and we had to move on to the next location. But we were missing some key shots, so we we shot we found a I say we our our our, uh, our location scout found a little um, cafe in 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 like a, a Kmart or a Walmart something that was near another location, and we basically ran in there and grabbed those shots of Kevin Spacey working the grill, totally different location than the rest of the scenes that are in the movie. Basically you see Kevin and you see him flipping burgers, but not the same location as everything else. So it was a very, um, a memorable location uh, and a fun, a fun location, but we all felt very grateful that we were allowed to a second chance to kind of get it right. Cause you know, the first day of shooting, you're all, the actors are figuring out everything and the, the, the director, the cinematographer. And uh, so um, uh, anyway, it's a scene that I love. All those scenes are, although there's a few scenes in the restaurant, but all shot in one day with the exception of the limited bit of Kevin Spacey that we shot probably about a week or so later. And really quick, um, how real 
is Mr. Smiley's to you. Have you ever, like, as a first job, worked in the fast food industry at all? I did. I did. When I was in high school, I was an actor then, and I was doing lots and lots of, of plays. I was doing high school shows, and I was doing community theater shows, and I was doing shows where they would sort of bring in a star. But none of them, none of this was paying any money. And I, my, my folks very generously gave me a use of an extra car, but I had to pay for gas and such. And I needed to make some money. And so, uh, but it was hard to find a job that would allow you to move your hours around all the time because I was doing rehearsals and I was going to high school. So I got a job at McDonald's and McDonald's, you know, they, they can, you can work a few hours here and a few hours there. And that's one of the, one of the joys of McDonald's. So I, I did that for almost a year, but th- literally there were weeks where I would work like three hours and they were fine with that. I've, I've done a number of, of interviews in my, uh, in my career. I don't think I've ever divulged that I worked at McDonald's before anywhere. So um, for what it's worth, that's the first time well, I said that out loud, I think. Well, excellent. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for sure. We, we love, we love McDonald's, you know, we love all of fast food. I mean, there's, I'm sure there was a lot of great great lessons and well then because of that you did did mr smiley's then get the fast food burger joint right now obviously mcdonald's is a corporate they have their own brand and everything and mr smiley's is all different in its own right but were there elements that got the fast food burger joint right uh, you know i i think there were i um and i a lot of it is back to the, the actress i was talking about a minute ago marissa winoker she was so like the kind of people that you would find working at, at those restaurants. By the way, uh, she went on to star. She was the original star of Hairspray on, on Broadway. So she had, she's had a, a sort of a huge career, but she was, you know, what's basically a day player on, on uh, American Beauty. But uh, I, I thought there were an awful lot of things that we got right. Well, you know, that I, I still have somewhere um, in my den, a, a Mr. Smiley's hat that I kept from uh, <laughs> Because, you know, they make a whole bunch of them. So I, I was so excited. This is the first movie with my own production company. And so I, I snagged a hat and a cup. And nobody has any idea what they are and why they're sitting on my shelf. But I know, and they make me smile. And this was, yes, pun intended. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Of all of the movies you produced, of all of, and this is an icebreaker. We'll get back to Mr. Smiles in a sec. But of all the movies you produced, Broadway productions, TV shows, etc. Which one had the best food and why? Oh, well, you, you know, this is going to come as a bit of a spoiler, but but usually the food in movies is, is uh, it's prop food made by prop departments and such. So, uh, but putting that aside, I would say I, I, I produced, a, or executive produced a TV series called Pushing Daisies. And the main set, the main location was this a restaurant that made pies called the Pie Hole. And so we, we would very often have real, real pies around for that. Actually, when we went to, to sell that uh, show, Brian Fuller, the, who, who created Pushing Daisies, brought a pie to all our pitch meetings. We, we pitched to ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. And at every meeting, he brought a, a freshly baked pie. And I will tell you, it was a really, really good pitch. It didn't need the pie, but uh, but the people that we were pitching to, I don't think anybody had ever brought them a pie before, so they uh, they especially appreciated it. You know, going back to Mr. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Smiley's in American Beauty. What does Mr. Smiley's say about the characters? Well, it, it, it said a lot. The fact that 
if you've, people have seen American Beauty, Kevin Spacey, when we first meet him, is an executive, but he's an, ex- an executive in this job that he, he just hates. It's really a, a dead-end job. And he uh, ends up uh, quitting one day, and then he does something ridiculous. He, he just gets a job at a, at, a, at a fast food restaurant. There's something so fun for the audience of, of, about watching this guy who, you know, he wasn't a, a, a top executive. He was very much mid, middle, mid-level management kind of a guy. But to see him then much happier working in this job where his only responsibility was putting the fries and the burger in the bag. His, you know, his, his, his wife, played by Annette Benning at one point, says, you quit your job. And he goes, but I got another job already. And, I'm, and, and when she, she's sort of appalled when she hears what this job is. And of course, it's working at this fast food restaurant, Mr. Smiley's. Excellent. Excellent. What is it about Mr. Smiley's that resonates with you so much? Well, I, I uh, you know, as much as I love Mr. Smiley's, um, American Beauty was uh, a really meaningful movie to me in a lot of ways. It was the first movie that I, I made with my own with me and my producing partner, Bruce Cohen, we started our own production company. And very soon after we started this company, I found the script American Beauty. And that, that movie just exceeded our expectations in every way, the, the, from the, the reviews, the audience response, box office, uh, awards. It, it basically gave us uh, careers. And uh, I will always be grateful for the experience. It was a hard movie to make in a lot of ways, but it was also an amazing, amazing experience. And uh, so Mr. Smiley's is clearly a, uh, a part of that. What was your specific role on American Beauty? Were you a very, are you a very hands-on producer or, cause there's, there's all different types. And obviously I'm, I'm speaking more for film rather than TV. Cause that's a whole nother beast sure. in itself. Right. I am a, I am a very hands-on producer. I was the one who found the script to American Beauty. I got it from the, the agent who represented the writer, Alan Ball, uh, had been a friend of mine and, Although that wasn't really why I got it. I got it, well, that was partly why I got it, but I got it uh, because I was familiar with Alan Ball's work from the theater. I'm a big, big theater geek, and Alan had been a, a, a playwright, and he wrote a play called Five Women Wearing the Same Dress, and I knew about that play, and, I, and so Andrew and I talked about it, and so he gave me, I was one of a handful of producers that got a look at the script when it, he was ready to send it out. I brought it to DreamWorks, and fortunately, they, they loved it. And then, uh, obviously, hiring Sam Mendes was something I was very, very much a part of. And then we all, we, with Sam Mendes and DreamWorks, we all cast the movie together. And I, you know, I was on set every single minute of every day. I am what, in Hollywood, people will call a, a creative producer. I don't, I don't raise money. I don't, I don't come from financing, but I will help put things together. And I feel like my job is to really try to keep the, the writer's vision intact. That was part of why Alan Ball, the writer, allowed me and my producing partner to do it, is we said, we're, you know, you're going to be our partner in this, and we're going to support you and your vision throughout this whole process. And uh, when Alan won the Academy Award, he, he thanked us and said, thank you for keeping your promise, which was a, a very, very kind thing of him to acknowledge. Excellent, excellent. All right, so uh, moving on to uh, more producing questions, Dan. I am uh, in charge of a major studio, okay? And I'm telling you, and and I'm giving you a a production overall deal, but your first assignment is that you need to produce a film on your dream, your dream fictional restaurant. 
What does that look like? What does that dream fictional restaurant look like? Off the top of my head, head here, I'm going to say my mind went to, because this is a dream, my, my mind went to something out of the Jetsons, something very futuristic and something where the food comes very, very quickly. I love a great restaurant, but I, I get frustrated when, when I'm really hungry and somebody will want to take a half an hour reading the menu. I can look at a menu so fast and figure out exactly what I want and be really, really happy with it. And I'm going to get my other, I, I love restaurants. I'll tell you, my other pet peeve is, is when the hostess says, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't seat you until your party is complete. And I just never understood why. I'm like, well, what, you want me to just stand here? What? And I, so at my Jetsons restaurant, you're, you sit down right away and the food comes so fast after you order it. I, I, I love that. I love that. May I please come to the grand opening? Can we please, please. come to the grand opening? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no. You have and, somebody there. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, you were close. You've already said you were close with uh, Sam Mendes. Obviously, you were there in uh, with the pitching process with pushing daisies. Yeah, what is your relation? What is your relationship like with the writer? Uh, that's that's often my closest relationship is with a writer. I, uh, a lot of the projects that I've made were brought to me by by writers. Big Fish was a, a project that was brought to me by John August, who was a guy that I knew for for several years, and he had set up the book at Sony Pictures, and he didn't have a producer on it. And he called me up and said, "Would you take a look at this?" And we don't have a producer on. Were you kidding me? Dustin Lance Black, who wrote Milk, sent me that script personally to to uh, uh, produce. Um, I, Brian Fuller, as I said, Pushing Daisies was a was a really good long relationship. In general, projects come to you in different ways, but have, I probably have more good friends who are writers than any other sort of position in the business. I, I love writers. I have such huge, huge admiration for writers. I think people say uh, I, I I feel like I'm a very good editor. I think I'm really good at working with writers. But I couldn't do what they do. Whenever anybody says, why don't you try writing? I said, because I've worked with some great, great writers and I know what they do. And I know that I don't have that kind of talent. Two questions from that answer. First of all, thank you. That was amazing. How do you find your writers? You know, I I read a lot. Probably the most um, frustrating part of, of my job when you read a great script, it is such a treat. It is a it is a, a joy. But I get sent a lot of scripts. I get sent more scripts than I can read, and I always feel bad when somebody reaches out to me. And I and uh, if it's somebody that I don't know, they don't have an agent, and I, I just I will have to say I'm sorry. I, I can't. I don't have the, the the bandwidth. But as a result, I do end up reading a lot of scripts that aren't very good. And this is a job. It's not a nine to five or ten to six job. I read scripts at night, and I read scripts on the weekend, and you know, there, there are weekends when people are saying, hey, let's, let's go to the beach. And, I, and I'll say, oh, I'm stuck here reading scripts. It's just part of the job. But the good thing is it's such a treat when you read something that just where the writing just comes off the page and, and you know you're in the presence of somebody who's just a terrific, terrific writer. I love that feeling. What kinds of stories resonate with you? So obviously you, you have mentioned John August. You have mentioned Sam Mendes. You have mentioned Mr. Black. It was Lance... Lance Black of, of Milk, but um, what resonates with you? Is there a pattern in terms of story, in terms of their stories, in terms of stories you're even looking at now? 
right now, we, when this interview is happening, we're, we're in, a, in a time of COVID. So let's pretend that we're not. And when people are going to movie theaters, I, I love the movie going experience. I, uh, I, I get a lot of screeners sent to me. Even so, when we're not, when we can, I will go to see things in the movie theater every chance I can. I understand that in, in a city like LA or New York, it can cost $15. And then if you want to buy popcorn and a Coke and, and, and if you have kids, you're, you're paying for a babysitter and you're paying for transportation and maybe there's dinner involved. And it, it's an expensive thing to do. And I really believe in making a movie that is an experience that, that somehow really warrants that time and that money being spent. So it's something that, something that moves you emotionally and takes you out of the world that you are, are in. And I'll tell you, we, we talked a little bit ago about, about milk. Uh, milk is something that on paper, I wouldn't, yeah, I said paper, well, it was on paper that I wanted to do it. But, but if somebody just gave me a log line, I would have thought, oh God, I don't know about that. And then I read the screenplay and the, the story of Harvey Milk was so moving and powerful and emotional. I thought, all right, well, this is not going to be easy, but I really, really wanted to try and see if I can get this made. And I was very happy with how it all worked out, but uh, it, just, it just moved me. American Beauty moved me a lot. American Beauty was so startling and surprising and sad at times and hilarious at times. And uh, that's still one of the best scripts I've ever read in my career. It, was, it just surprised me. You know, I, what, what, well, I'll tell you, what doesn't really work for me is a script that's called formulaic, where let's say you're, you're 10 pages in and you kind of know everything that's going to happen already. And we've all seen movies like that where you just kind of, you know, it follows a formula. So that's less interesting to me. And whereas something like American Beauty just kept surprising me on every page. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I, I love that. That's really, uh, that's exciting to read a script that way. Excellent. Excellent. It, it sounds like, like um, now obviously at, uh, now these uh, names you're mentioning, they have a lot of cachet in the business how often do you take a chance or give a chance on, say, an unknown uh, writer without any cachet? Well, uh, some of the names that I've mentioned were unknowns. Yeah. I, when, when I, uh, Alan Ball was not known at all in the movie world when American Beauty happened. Lance Black was not known at all in the movie world when, when Milk happened. Um, I did a movie called uh, Down With Love, and the writers of that were not known at all. Um, Brian Fuller was a little bit known. Uh, John August was, was, was starting to get well-known when we did Big Fish together. But I've worked a lot of my career. My, my first movie was a comedy called um, Nothing to Lose. Uh, oh, with Martin Lawrence. With Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins. Very yeah. good. Yeah. And, uh, I was working for a producer, and we produced it together. And uh, that writer became a, a huge, huge comedy writer. But when he wrote that, nobody knew who he was. So I... I I would say most of the things that I've done have been with people who are ridiculously talented, but not necessarily famous writers. By the way, speaking of food, I, I was just thinking of this as we were talking. So whenever you're making a movie, you need to have, um, you can't always use real companies of things. So the art department will just make up names of things. And uh, I don't remember where, but it's some, I haven't seen Nothing to Lose since the premiere. It's been a long time. But at some <laughs> point in the movie... Martin Lawrence, I guess, get, get, gets a hot dog from a hot dog stand. And my last name is Jinx. So they, they made it Jinx's Hot Dogs as a gag. So somewhere I have a picture of me and Martin Lawrence in front of Jinx's Hot Dogs from this uh, scene from uh, Nothing to Lose. Thank you, Dan. 
If you want to check out, rent, buy, stream Dan's work, go on his IMDb page or his wiki page. It's there. American Beauty, Big Fish, Milk, Pushing Daisies. Those are just a few. Follow him on Twitter. He's on there. And as for us at Restaurant Fiction, we're here. We're always here. Tell one more person to listen to us. Give us a shout out. You can even personally email me, Monis, M-O-N-I-S, at restaurantfiction.com. Love to know what you love about the show, what you hate, what guests you wish we had on. And that's it. I'm Monis Rose. And as always, keep it real, keep it fresh, and keep it on the flip side. Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night. Night.